Hi, welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today, I talked to Phil Codd, Managing Director of Explayo in Ireland, about the company's collaboration with Nearform to create a world-leading contact tracing app, as well as the creation of a €100,000 fund for SMEs and why COVID-19 has been the perfect storm for businesses to embrace digital transformation. So Phil, Explio, you're you're the Managing Director for Ireland and Regional Director for UK and Ireland. Tell me about what Explio does in Ireland. Yeah, so John, we're we're a uh, a specialist uh, tech consultancy. We're about 500 people in in Ireland across uh, both Dublin and Belfast. We we specialise in in helping our clients uh, meet the the, the stated aims of their projects and programmes. And and we do this by bringing um, knowledge, skills, resources uh, and methodologies to to help those organisations to to improve the quality and the outcome uh, ultimately of the, the programs that they undertake. And typically, business change is what drives it. And there is always, uh, pretty much today, there is always uh, an underlying uh, IT program or project there. And, and we get involved with those. So, you know, the, the, the clients that we work with are, are, you know, it's the big banks, it's it's the large public sector uh, bodies, uh, it's the utility companies, it's the telco companies. Um, so that's where we spend uh, most of our working lives today. And would you be competing with the likes of Accenture, Deloitte, Bearing Point? Would that be the kind of competitive landscape you're in? Yes. I, I mean, very much the, the, the domestic uh, market. Uh, and obviously, you know, today, uh, global delivery is, is an important part of, uh, of, of offering services. Um, so uh, competing against some of the, 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 the kind of global delivery players that are out there coming from uh, the subcontinent. And that's an important part because you've, you've got to be able to offer that. So if you like, we're, we're very much a, a European uh, onshore player with the ability to have global delivery from places like uh, India or, or uh, the Middle East or or, uh, or Africa. Very good. And, and, and I suppose like the, the vantage points you have, you must uh, have seen how the pandemic affected businesses of all sizes and all you know industries. Tell me, can you sum up or reflect on on how you think the pandemic has affected business as we know it, but and how companies you deal with are, are coping with it. Sure, I think we've um, I broadly classify uh, into into three types. That you know the first the first type is is those industries uh, that have managed to effectively grow their business. You know they were in a good place. So um, typically the the uh, you know the supermarkets uh, that that kept us all going during the uh, lockdown. You know they were able to to grow and expand the business. They had to put more drivers on on the roads because people moved to online delivery. Obviously the uh, the, the major players such as Amazon, but all the the, the online uh, boutique businesses, uh, the Boohoo's of this world and um, ASOS of this world did, did really well out of it. So obviously there was you know their ability to grow their business. Video conferencing uh, ex- exploded, uh, and, and I think Zoom is probably the uh, uh, the biggest um, example of that. Um, then there's those organisations that that really had to pivot to to stay in business. So you know retailers got into curbside pickup, so you could you know you could click and pick up taxis. And, and the, the uh, those sort of organisations moved into becoming delivery services. 
you know, alcohol companies started to produce hand sanitizer. And, and so there was, the, you know, there was those organizations that were able to pivot really just to, I suppose, stay still or, 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 or uh, continue in the market. And then the final group of those that, um, you know, have been, I suppose, probably worst hit, which is obviously in the, uh, the tourism space. Um, you know, really have been heavily impacted. We've seen tourism, the hospitality. We've seen it in manufacturing. If we look at the automotive industry, um, badly impacted. We've seen it in uh, the aircraft industry. If mm. you look at Airbus and Boeing, um, you know they, they, they've almost come to uh, to to a stop. So there's kind of those three groupings, if you like, um, that that have been impacted. And I think that, that what really got us involved and, and um, started some of our uh, additional thinking around what does COVID really mean is when um, the government and the HSE decided to produce the COVID app and they contacted us, contacted us directly to say, could we get involved? Could we bring some of our expertise along with some of the other players such as uh, Nearform, who were the the, uh, the architects and, and the builders of the platform? But, you know, that 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 was something that, um, you know, that, that we did pro bono. Uh, we were delighted to get involved with it. And um, and actually, as that's grown, because um, you know the HSE uh, delivered it uh, some months ago, um, then Northern Ireland's uh, health service looked at um, uh, the same uh, config, and we got involved with that as well. And so you know they've launched uh, their app successfully, and the two things work very well because you know there's interoperability across the borders, uh, which is uh, is quite a phenomenal uh, achievement if you if uh, if you look at it. And then latterly, uh, Scotland have also taken um, the same platform from Nearform, and we're also providing that, that quality assurance there. So, you know, we were able to really get into that the heart of that, that COVID app, and it was just great to see the number of people that got behind it, particularly in Ireland, um, you know, that downloaded the app and, and on, a, you know, on a daily basis, you know, check in and, uh, you know, just to see uh, how many people are, uh, you know, are, are, are kind of checking in on a daily basis. I think when I looked this morning, there were about 100,000 people uh, had actually just checked in on a daily basis. So, you know, that, that involvement at that, that kind of level um, and that sort of societal uh, impact was, was really quite exciting and buzzed everybody in Explio um, uh, quite, quite substantially, I have to say. Yeah, I, I use it myself every day. I check in and um, the, the app itself, it certainly put Ireland on the map for all the right reasons. Uh, I think there was a hiccup around battery power and Android phones, but, uh, you know, I think looking forward it's been generally widely used and it's still being widely used do you see do you see it being used maybe further afield i mean i know there's been some local success in terms of uh, northern ireland and scotland but do you think you know as this 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 pandemic sounds so there's no signs of stopping or going away that maybe other countries will take it on Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, Singapore was one of the first countries to kind of start this. I know that, uh, for example, Neoform, which is the the, the platform uh, from the team in Waterford, um, you know, they're being used in some of the states in the US uh, right now. So um, that's success. And um, just this week, both Google and Apple have reduced operating system updates, which further facilitates the, the sort of contact traceability uh, within apps. So that will make it easier for other countries to develop apps and, and, and interface with uh, uh, with that, 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 that piece that makes it really work, which is all around the Bluetooth. Can I ask you about the genesis of it in terms of 
when things happen in Ireland, they don't often happen very quickly. And, you know, we've been talking about things for years. This doesn't work, that doesn't work. And the occasional time we do things really well. And sometimes that's down to technology. I think uh, particularly things like, I'm a big fan of the motor tax system, for example. It works very seamlessly and fast and it's very easy and it does exactly what it says on the tin. And yes, within three days you get your new tax disc. This came about during a crisis when everyone working on it more than likely would have been working remotely. Um, multiple companies involved but it came out and it's it's there and it's used by, by hundreds of thousands of people every day what can we learn from that can we and take from that that we can say a you know we can apply this and other things that need fixing in the economy but also can you tell me about the the b i suppose the spirit of us how people you know from different organizations collaborated and made it happen so quickly i i, I think it was it, it was an amazing feat of uh, of ingenuity, of tenacity, and it was great. As I said, it was great to be part of it because literally, uh, I, I got a call on a Saturday afternoon uh, at home, and by Monday we'd stood a team up, um, and that kind of can-do attitude prevailed all the way through the development of the application, the work that we did on the QA, and that just that, you know that the interoperability of, of various government agencies. Uh, both central government, the health service, obviously the data protection commission had to be involved because that was a critical part to the success of of the way the app works in that there is no data held within the app. There's no data sent centrally. You know, it's all done through anonymous digital codes uh, that that um, are only known to the, to the app itself. So you had this, and then you had multiple players. Where you know we were part of it, as I mentioned, Neoform was uh, was obviously the uh, the platform designer and developer, um, and there were other um, a couple of other uh, organizations pulled into it. So you know every day there was there were standups. There were that were attended by by everybody. Um, I was on them as well, and just just everybody. It was everybody getting behind the, this 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 tremendous opportunity to do the bit to try and help society in what is a, a, an amazing testing time for us all. And the fact that then not long after the app was released, you know, they, they, they started to see, well, actually, we, you know, we can now contact people and say, you may have already been in contact with somebody else that, that uh, potentially has the COVID symptoms. We recommend you do this and potentially save lives. So I think that, that you know, that was a major driver, um, but it was, there were rules that had to be bent. You know, there, there was uh, there were procurement uh, uh, rules that had to be uh, adjusted to to deal with what was uh, an emergency situation. And I think that just goes to show you that you know things can be done quickly when they need to. And I think a lot of today's technology does enable us to do that. And it can be done on a global basis. Very good. And I suppose the can I get your thoughts on on this term digital transformation? Because in the past, I would have associated with a CIO type buzzword uh, that only big companies, gigantic companies, would would use. And lately, because uh, of the crisis, and because I suppose we've all had to you know, work from home. It basically has accelerated our, uh, or a lot of companies' uh, adoption of technology, use of digital technologies, companies that weren't planning to get into e-commerce are suddenly now trading in e-commerce because they had to. 
digital digital commerce. So it, it accelerated things. And so now I'm seeing digital transformation be used mostly as an SME bird word, buzzword. So what are your thoughts on that? Is that something you agree with? Do you think that's kind of where the technology and the industry is now orienting itself, orientating itself to, to support SMEs as they as they as they as they grapple with digital technology? Yeah, I think uh, you know it's it's very exciting to see SMEs are are taking this and and looking you know looking very quickly to see how can they make uh, you know any adoption of digital technology to help their businesses. Now, if you're in a big corporation or a large company, you know, a digital transformation program probably impacts your, your entire organization. So you've got a lot of traditional change management that needs to go on. There's no point having a fantastic website if, you know, in the warehouse, it still works at, at old God's speed and there's no chance of you getting the product out. Um, so, you know, there's a big change for, for larger organizations. For smaller organizations, they were able to, to wrap Rapidly consume uh, just elements. I mean, think of uh, think of in, in in the medical space. We we went from having to go to a GP's office to not being able to go there to doing consultations over video. Now the technology has been there for, for for some time, and certainly some quarters have been pushing that. But it became de rigueur. If you wanted to talk to your GP, you did it via video. And then the next thing that happened was your prescription, which heretofore could never ever be faxed anywhere nor emailed to, to, to uh, your, your uh, pharmacist was happened straight away. So you were able to go to the pharmacist and you were able to, um, you were able to pick up your prescription. So, you know, both of those things were, you know, great digital uh, pieces. Retail, we saw people just moving in online, even if it was just a catalog so that you could click and collect. Um, charities, we saw, you know, even the churches moved to online donations, but remember the churches were all closed, so you know they they, they still have to uh, keep the keep the, the show running. And I think cashless, you know, tap and go, uh, and I've been talking about cashless for a number of years. For you know, for me, it was great to see tap and go, not just being embraced, but by by being increased. And now it's 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 everywhere. So there was all these sort of small pieces that SMEs were able to just pick from, and it made such a difference, um, you know, to their business immediately. And I think that's the beauty. Uh, I think that's the the, the 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 critical piece that SMEs have picked up on. You don't need to have a, a, you know some kind of huge uh, plan. You can actually pick and choose um, of various pieces that that really just help your business. And uh, you guys, uh, Explio, have invested a hundred thousand euros to help SMEs get back on track. How how do you help SMEs get back on track in that sense, so in, in terms of how how you're doing it with the hundred thousand investment? Uh, because I, when, when, I, I would say it's great it's great to see that money being invested but uh, it's a huge it's a huge issue uh, there's a huge amount of companies to help there i don't think 100,000 would sort out every company but in terms of what what what's in the scope of what you can do with that that investment so so what we're looking to do is first of all you know we'll spend uh, about an hour with with an organization just to kind of see you know where can we help and indeed can we help because it's not you know we can't necessarily help everybody and really then uh, you know we'll go away and and work with them to try and come up with um, a number of quick wins um, so look maybe looking at their processes understanding what their what their issues are and then we'll come back with um, you know with a report that says look here is here are you know, up to three areas that you should now look at 
that you can now get quick wins on to change your business. And it, it could be anything. So we could have, uh, and you know, we've we've had, um, you know, we've had inquiries and we've started work with with um, you know retailers in, in, in Donegal, with charities, um, uh, with you know pharmaceutical organisations. So it's it, it's all sorts of companies that are coming along, and 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 some of them may be saying, look. I, you know, I have, a, I have a problem with kind of cash flow. Um, what should I be doing? Well, what we're actually doing there is we're using our finance team, where we've got, um, you know, we've got domain expertise. Um, these are chartered accountants and certified accountants to, to say, look, I can give you some help with that. Um, it might be that uh, people have struggled with uh, the whole idea of, of COVID and what they can do with their staff and how they can continue to engage them. Well, you know, guess what? We've got a lot of people in our HR pub and people services group who can actually help them. So it's not just about, um, you know, bringing management consult into it. It's, it's about looking at the different problems. And the, really, the the big idea behind this is it's it's about giving back. So you know we're not expecting a very large blue chip Irish organisation to come to us and say, hey, we want some free consulting, and then we'll say, oh look, there's a lead, and we'll prosecute that as in in the normal way. It is about can we help people with I don't know business processes, shorter sales cycles, advice and guidance, and so there's no fixed template to it. And it's not that there's there's a fixed amount of, of money for, for each one, but we are trying to make it as quick as possible so that we can get through as many. And, and look, once once we burn through uh, the, the money we budgeted for, you know, we, we can look at it again and see has it been successful and, and you know, can we can we do it? Uh, can we do it again? Uh, and the, again, the beauty of it is is we get our own staff involved in this. Um, so it's not just necessarily just senior people uh, who are management consultants in the company. You know, there is an opportunity for for lots of people to uh, to get involved. Um, it's hard. A final question, really. It's it's hard to kind of see where the future goes. We're we're it's we're you know it's. We're, we're 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 into autumn. Uh, it's it's we've lost the best part of uh, a whole year of 2020. You know we don't know what's really going how this whole thing is going to play out even till the end of the year. But I suppose if you had to reflect on what this has meant for people who lead companies, who lead people, and and in your case you lead a, lead a whole a whole staff of people, what what would be the biggest or the most important management attributes you think are necessary now? As we're at a point where people are six months into home, working from home, a lot of companies are, are bewildered about what's happening or what's happening in their own particular markets. We mentioned earlier that the, the pubs industry, for example, is risks being decimated as we still don't know what's going to happen there. When it comes to leading people and leading staff and, you know, dealing with these kind of challenges now that we, we've never taught in our lifetimes we'd see, what would be the kind of core tenets that you that you follow and would recommend other other leaders follow? I think that the biggest thing for us has been communications, you know, bringing together uh, just just a, a team of, of people to, to be part of the, um, you know, if you like, the rapid response unit and making sure that, I, you know, every week or indeed every day, if it was appropriate, that um, everybody in our organization was being communicated with. I would normally run a, a monthly uh, MD call um, we moved that to be in, you know, every three days so that whether there was anything to report or not, that all the staff were able to to, to just feel that they were, um, you know, they were important because they were. Um, so comms was the first thing, but certainly making sure that all of our staff were looked after, 
that we could make sure that, you know, in this new world of, of working from home, they had everything that they needed, um, that they could, that we were, we, we were open to, to any kind of suggestions to help people uh, with, you know, whatever difficulties they had. So I think it's communications and looking after the staff well-being were the, were the, two, the two main uh, aspects to it. And then it was, we still have to run a business. You know, we still have to look after our clients. Um, so we, we, we also had to communicate consistently and continuously with clients as well. And obviously clients were finding their own challenges and they, you know, by, by having dialogue, they, you know, they were able to share the problems that they had and we were able to say, okay, well, look, well, this is how we could help you with that. A lot of the work that we do is, is project-based and a lot of projects simply stopped. So um, that meant that uh, you know, we were no longer doing that work, uh, but could we work in other areas? You know, how could we enable cash flow uh, for organizations, whatever, whatever it took. So, um, you know, it was the communications, it was making sure that we looked after staff, but also, you know, keeping an eye on we had to run our business and, and keep the doors open. And, and those three things is what we've managed to do in the last six months and, and, and pretty successfully. We're, we're sort of where we are today, as you said, what's going to happen? Well, it's, it's not going to change anytime soon. So we've now all settled into this way of working. We, we've got the winter to contend with. There are Bits of normality, I suppose, coming back with, 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 with schools reopening, with offices starting to reopen. And I think we're going to get this kind of nice hybrid uh, way of working uh, for people in the future where, you know, we will expect people to, to, to you know, come to the office or to their client sites, um, you know, a number of days a week or a number of days a month, but also have that flexibility to either work from home or to continue to work remotely. Because I do see that we'll see um, kind of working hubs uh, crop up o- around the country where um, you know, perhaps your, your, your broadband isn't great where you are or your working circumstances, your environment isn't great, but here's a place that you could come and, you know, you can, uh, uh, you can hang your hat up and uh, you've got all that you need for the day and you're in an environment where there's other people that you can talk to. So I think that's, you know, that's really where we're going to get. What happens in 2021, I think, you know, we will, we will all grow in our knowledge as we get through the winter. Uh, we will adapt as we already have done. And bear in mind, you know, we all adapted very quickly. We started this in, in, in uh, March, you know, by the beginning of April, we were, everybody was working from home. The telcos had, had, had done what they could to, to boost signals and things for everybody. Uh, so we adapted and I think we'll continue to adapt as we go into 2021. Brilliant, Phil, Cod, Xplayo, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, John, good to talk to you, take care.